Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. Finishing out the month of April, April showers. We've been told bring May flowers, so it's going to be a very nice smelling month coming up. Uh, I'm Elite Lady Six, one of your three stalwart hosts. I'm joined as ever by the lovely Nerd Bomber. Nerd Bomber, how are you today? I'm doing great. Feeling good like I should. Are you feeling it? Because you've been feeling it two episodes in a row, and I wanted to check in with you on feeling it wise. I am. You know, on a scale of like one to 10, I'm not like the 10 like I was the last couple of weeks, but I'd say I'm still riding about an eight or a nine. So that's good. Yeah. That's we're in B plus A minus territory. Tactic. To piggyback off what Nerd Bomber said, I'm feeling blessed. Too, Too blessed to be stressed? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly correct. Right on. Uh, you know, I'm doing fine too. We're all hey, look, we're all in a good place. This is this is going to be a, a source of positivity in your day, whatever you're doing right now, working out, just I don't know, laying on your couch. If you listen to podcasts to go to sleep to, first of all, it's an interesting move. Uh, I have done that though. Have you guys ever listened to a podcast to fall asleep? I've tried, but then it got me all fired up. What was the what was the podcast? What got you fired up? I don't remember. It was it was just they were talking about some controversial stuff, and I said, oh hell no nah. i mean we probably fire people I, I well i know for a fact i've gotten some 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 tweets sent sent in my direction that we fire people up for for good reason i would think i've i want to shout out a podcast that i've listened to to go to sleep it's really the only one that makes sense lavar burton reads have i talked about lavar burton reads on the podcast before because i think briefly and i can only it, imagine how soothing that must be to go to bed too he literally because the so the podcast for those don't know he literally it's all it is is he picks like a short story usually science fiction and he just tells the story but every episode he says what story he's going to tell and he talks about it and like why he likes it and stuff and then before he starts he says okay now everyone take a deep breath and you hear him take like a that's and that's and that's how it starts and i mean the, so the first time my fiance and I listened to that podcast, is I that coming more easily to you? By the way, the fiance? that might be that's the first time I have not stumbled <laughs> over it, and I you know I'm so glad you pointed that out. Every time I'm I, I've I've taken to calling her my finance because that's easier as words go for me. But first time my fiance and I listened to that podcast, I think I woke up like I had drooled, like it was so powerful. I didn't just fall asleep; I fell asleep with my mouth open. I guess is what that means. I drooled everywhere. And if that's not an endorsement, it I don't know what it is. It's both shocking and relaxing. LeVar Burton is going to be the guest host. He's, he's, they, they, they answered the calls of, of the many LeVar Burton fans out there. He's going to guest host Jeopardy. And some people are thinking it's an audition for the, for the big boy job, for like the whole, the whole kit and caboodle. I couldn't be more excited. I'm a big fan of LeVar Burton's. I mean, we all, the three of us all grew up with Reading Rainbow. Wouldn't, is that? Take yeah. a look in a book. Right. It's reading rainbow. I can go anywhere. Yeah, it was reading rainbow. Lavar, here's to you, man. I'll I'll tweet at you at some point. We'll we'll talk. Anyways, April's ending. May's coming up. (laughs) May's a good month. But we have some stuff to talk about today, as usual, in the in the the realm of nerd, I guess you could you could very broadly say. We're gonna be talking about the announcement of Captain America four, and we are gonna be talking I think that's going to be couched in some discussion of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So I guess prepare yourself however you need to. We're going to be talking about Ratchet and Clank Rifts Apart. We got a new gameplay trailer for that. That's super exciting. And then we're going to be talking about How I Met Your Mother, or rather, How I Met Your Father. 
So that's kind of a, a little bit of a tease for that. I'm so excited. A show that are you guys currently in your watch through of that? I know you, it was recent. We, you were talking about it. Yeah, we are. I guess we'll talk about it later. But we are currently in season nine, which is the last season. We're like four episodes into it. So we're almost right. done. Probably by this time next week, we will be done with it because we have binged it like crazy. <laughs> like it's insane. We probably go through four episodes a day easily. Well, but they're 22 minutes. I mean, pfft. yeah, I mean, it's it's really it's like an hour a day, really. If you stack most of them up, it's not too bad. Right. But so you have a vested interest in in that. So, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. I want to start with Captain America 4. So, so Boo I've, hiss. Sorry. I, well, so, so I've... It's, it's, hey, it's, it's expected fine. of me at this point. It is. You, but you, you know, this is going to... We, we've talked about this before taking this to air, obviously. We, we, we don't just bring stuff to air without talking about whether we're going to talk about it. That's not how this show works. Nerd Bomber knows how I felt about the ending of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I guess I, I'm going to get... I'm going to try not to get spoilery, but I mean, I'm going to talk a little bit about, I mean, Captain America 4 has been announced. Obviously, I have to talk about the direction of certain characters mm-hmm. that were in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So if you haven't seen it and you're planning on seeing the finale, pause the podcast and go do it. And if you don't plan on watching it, check out a comic book. Y'all want to know about US Agent. Right. Yeah. So, well, we're going to talk about US Agent, but okay. So the trajectory of Falcon and the Winter Soldier was, if you've seen any trailer, if you know anything about the characters going into this show you know what is going to happen. At the end of Endgame, Steve Rogers gives the shield to Sam Wilson and basically says, this is yours now. And long story short, the show did not change that arc really at all. It was a, it was a detour. So Captain America 4, the new Captain America, is Sam Wilson. So that's a spoiler, but it also should not come as a surprise to you. So I, for the record, for any listeners who haven't realized this, over the last few weeks we have not watched falcon and the winter soldier yet and even i knew that was the trajectory because they basically they set it up where if you didn't watch falcon and the winter soldier it wouldn't like you wouldn't have known that he wasn't not going to be captain right. america i don't know if i double negative that correctly but but, but I, I think you're right i think disney and marvel are probably trying to be cagey about okay well you don't need to have disney plus you can still go to the movies and watch the movies so they don't want to they don't want people to be confused and i think to a certain extent WandaVision was actually a little bit less so. Like WandaVision, there were some changes made. But at the end of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the majority of characters end up right where they started. And like and and the promotional material for Falcon and the Winter Soldier too, you know, it showed Sam Wilson throwing the shield around. And in episode one, he gives the shield to a museum. You know that he's gonna end up with the shield later on, and it's probably gonna be because he's the new Captain America. Now, to be perfectly clear, I've always liked Falcon as a character. I I'm on board with him being the new Captain America. I think it's a sensible transition. My understanding is that it's true to the comics, which I have less familiarity with. Technic, I know you know pretty much everything there is to know. My issue with all of this, so so the actual announcement too, we should we should go through that. Captain America 4 is officially in development with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier showrunner Malcolm Spellman writing the script for Captain America 4 alongside a staff writer from the show as well. This is what this is what my problem is. <laughs> The finale of this show was was bad. I will die on this hill. I know this is as good a time as any for a Twitter shout out. At OW Leo86, at OW Nerdbomber, at OW Technic, at Online Warriors One, the main show account. This thing, I think what I said to Nerdbomber after I after I watched it was might as well have been written in Cran. And I I, I stand by that. Uh, the action I will say the action scenes, very good. You know, they know that when you show up to this, you're looking for comic book fights. 
And in the finale in particular, we get that in spades. But there were, without getting into specifics, there were character arcs that made no sense. There was this speech at the end where the new Captain America is talking to some senators. And if you've seen the finale, you know what I'm talking about. That my eyes almost rolled clean out of my head. I I, th- I think I think the the direct the character direction of Sam Wilson. I think that I think the general goal of the show again within this these constraints that it can't take the characters too far from where they were left in Endgame. I think within those constraints, it was very well intended. But it's going to be hard for me to watch Captain America four if it's written the way that falcon and the winter soldier was and you know i know nerd bomber and technic you have not watched the show but you know i certainly know nerd bomber has strong feelings about captain america does the fact that captain america 4 is going to focus on the new captain america sam wilson does it warm you to it at all or are you still assuming especially based on what i've just said that it's going to be this he's going to be this kind of i don't want to say phony virtuous but like overly righteous character does that turn you off? Part, like, I like Sam Wilson. I think one of the things that appealed to me was that he was kind of a stark contrast to Captain America. Like, he was always kind of a little more... Sassy isn't the right word that I want to use, but that's how I would describe... He was a little bit more sarcastic and just, like, spunky and not he has necessarily... Rough edges. Yeah, he's not necessarily 100% by the book, and that's, that's what I like out of my superheroes. But if they're going to force him into what you just dubbed, like, this false virtue or whatever i just that that just rubs me the wrong way i think if they they need to keep captain america they need to transform him into somebody who regular people can relate to because so my US agent well, not like a bad, maybe i don't know i don't know anything maybe. about u.s agent i'm just talking on my butt here but yeah, like, i don't i don't I think, know if we can get into u.s agent fully because you guys haven't seen that at all but I feel like he just like he still has to be a good guy, obviously. But can we not have the everything has to be perfect and idealistic type of good guy? Because I like the Tony Stark type of good guy, which I would have said that Sam Wilson was closer to Tony Stark type personality in terms of a superhero, in my opinion. Maybe not like the arms dealer side, but like, you know what I mean? Well, so the irony here is that Captain in, in the canon of the MCU Captain America is actually the lawbreaker. Let's not let's not gloss over that. I I totally agree with your opinion uh, of him, but actually, Captain America is the lawbreaker, and Tony Stark is not. I so yeah, I, I agree with your assessment of Sam Wilson. I think he has rougher edges. I think the thing that up to now has most characterized Sam Wilson in the MCU has been his loyalty, in particular to Steve Rogers, but in general, his loyal his loyalty, and that makes him a great character. I don't know where that loyalty is going to be directed now that he is the front man in the show it was kind of to the winter soldier i guess i, I don't know Tectic, you, you were going to say something so i think his righteousness is well placed in this case i think captain america's righteousness was sort of this blind patriotism and that's kind of the same with u.s agent where they just have this blind murica's great and amazing yeah, yeah. and i call malarkey on that one whereas <laughs> that's the case whereas uh falcon or or sam wilson he actually knows the history of the super soldier serum both the good and the bad so having this righteous stance on it speaks to me more completely than than all these other uh renditions that we've seen thus far and so i'm i'm thumbs up on that righteousness personally thumbs down on him being captain america because he's not a super soldier 
when another thing when we see him throwing the shield at these incredible forces bro did you have your wheaties this morning where did that come from sure like it's yeah they in the show the way they handle it is there's kind of a two-minute training montage (laughs) where he like it shows him like learning how to throw the shield but you'll it's not necessarily can you physically do it it's how it's how do you throw it to get it come on it's not technique you can't you can't Put someone on a bench and say, bench 400 pounds. Oh, by the way, here's a quick technique on how to do it. Come on. Right. One of the things that I am concerned about, not to switch gears, and I guess it's just the writing team. And Malcolm Spellman, granted, like I've never watched Empire. I haven't watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I've just kind of lived vicariously through you. I will watch it at, at some point, so I'll form my own opinion. But I do have experience with him with truth be told and granted he was a producer and wasn't credited as a writer but truth be told was an apple tv plus show it had jesse pinkman i can't remember his name but it was it was that yeah it was the podcasting show essentially where it was like a true crime podcast and she gets overly involved in the criminal and whether or not he's actually innocent because she put him in jail so now she feels she's having like this guilty conscience sort of thing and has to dig back into the past and it it was fine capital f fine it wasn't great though and it was another of those things where like there were a lot of plot holes it just was kind of unsatisfying the way that that concluded and that's you got to do better if you're talking about an mcu film so that's my concern. The other thing we have to consider here, and, and this may be a source of my a source of my bias, may be that you know Captain America: The Winter Soldier, first of all, is my favorite MCU movie, and Civil War was also phenomenal. And they were who directed both of those movies? The Russos, the crown princes of the MCU, right? It's hard for me to imagine the franchise, as different as it is with a new Captain America, it's still trying to be a similar thing, right? And it's going to be in the hands of somebody else. And so, to me, we've already suffered for that with the show. I could tell you what they're probably going to do. Falcon is not going to last as Captain America. He's probably going to die. I hate to say it. I disagree. Wow. There, I feel like they're setting up these characters, and I know that's probably what happens in a comic book, so you're drawing on that reference, but... I feel like they're setting up these characters for the next phase. So maybe in phase three, we'll see that. God knows no, what I, that's going to be. But what what I think they're setting up for is an actual super soldier to take on the mantle. And I think it's either going to be... Buffy this is, or US agent. No, neither. I think it's going to be either A, somehow Captain America will be brought back some way, which no. I, I don't think they're going to do that. Or B... Isaiah Bradley's grandson is going to take on the mantle because he actually has that serum genetically in his blood. Who is Isaiah Bradley? So he's in the show. Okay. I, I, I won't get into him now. Not, incidentally, I believe his grandson's also in the show. That's possible. I think it's more likely that that U.S. agent or Bucky take it over. I don't know. I We shouldn't speculate too much. I mean, the news here is that captain america 4 is being made which i don't think was previously was previously known i don't know if that was previously mentioned on any mcu docket any of the many you know timelines that we've been shown but what it means for these characters remains to be seen in as much as i've just crapped all over it you should go watch falcon and the winter soldier if only so you can argue with me on twitter (laughs) or you're not like me it's like who is this person (laughs) sure that's another good reason there were certain things that it did well and i certainly you know I like the evolution of Sam's character. I like where he is now, but boy, the journey in terms of the writing and also 
occasionally in terms of the acting, not by Anthony Mackie, but Sebastian Stan barely showed up. <laughs> not to call him out specifically, but he barely showed up. It just left a lot to be desired in the execution. But go check it out. Baron Zemo dancing alone. It's worth the cost of admission. It's six episodes. They're each an hour long, but in the grand scheme of things, that's not a huge time commitment. If you're a fan of the MCU, there are going to be sequences that delight you. They know what they are doing at this point. It's just in the quieter moments, there were some stumbles here. So let us know what you think about Captain America. Uh, whose theory do you agree with? Do you think Isaiah Bradley's grandson is going to step up? Let us know. At OW at Lee Lady 6, at OW Tactic, at OW Nerd Bomber, at Online Warriors 1. Hit us up there. Let us know. We are going to move on now to talk a little bit about Ratchet and Clank rifts apart. Now, we've talked about this on the show many a time, positively and for good reason we've had we've seen extended gameplay footage before this and i don't remember exactly when it was but we got like a five minute gameplay video that looked phenomenal and guess what we got another gameplay video kind of a gameplay trailer today at the day we recorded this and uh guess what it's phenomenal (laughs) like i i don't know this might be a short segment because i think all of us are in agreement this looks outstanding you know graphically story-wise it's setting things up in a really good way i do have one question which nerd bomber in particular may be able to answer which is what is a um what is a lombax that this was the first time i had heard this term and they sprinkled it throughout the the trailer with reckless abandon i assume that's what ratchet is yeah a lombax is the species that ratchet is and it was thought that i believe ratchet was the last lombax so he may be the last in his dimension right that's where this is headed yeah i think i'm really excited i because they've been kind of teasing they're like oh what is her name because the female lombax has shown up in several trailers at this point and i really like that they named her rivet and didn't go like they kept to that hardware naming convention and i really like that i'm a big fan so but but the potential here you know and we're this is going to be a conversational retread probably but the potential here is boundless right the idea being there's all these dimensional rifts that are opened and at any given moment you could travel from one dimension to another and everything might change and this has always been designed too to be you know a true test of the ps5 hardware which by the way i'm seeing so many ps playstations uploading like a billion minute long videos about how great their hardware is and i'm like i know i want one like you don't have to sell me on it i know about the solid state drive i know about fast load times i know about io like i get it but this is going to be this is going to test that right not that it hasn't already been tested by other games but yeah i think this, this will be the, the first test. major true test because we've seen it like you said we, like basically any game that is ported to the ps5 gets an upgrade and obviously yes like i think astro's playroom obviously really took advantage of the controller like the haptic feedback and all the new controller features for the dual sense and games like Sackboy, a big adventure also took advantage of that but we haven't seen a game that's like truly 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 tapped into the potential of using that solid state drive to make crazy transitions you need, you need and to take the subway with miles morales that is that is actually really true yeah and spider-man miles morales i think this is the first time that a game has been built solely for the ps5 because up until now for the most part most of the other games have also been backwards compatible for the PlayStation 4. And yeah, that that poses some limits because you have to at least keep some things similar between the two versions. And so that puts some limitations on PlayStation 5 versions. So I am excited about the hardware capabilities. And honestly, the story of this game, I am a big like 
I like my dumb cutesy stories. I really loved the Ratchet and Clank storylines, just like I loved the Sly Cooper storylines, the Jack and Daxter storylines. I'm a big fan of that. And this, I, I just love it. I'm here for it. I like what it opens the possibility of. So they had pointed that Nefarious has an, a more competent version in another dimension. Ratchet has a female counterpart in another dimension, it seems. But what's really, really exciting about that is... We only saw one other dimension. So he can have a team of various Lombaxes that in the probably in the end cut scene, we're going to see them all be like, get him. And and they're all just charge. Or do they leave this dimensional rifting thing? You know, a big question, I guess, would be at the end of this story, are they going to make sure that this sort of dimensional rifting can't happen anymore? Or are they going to say, hey, we're going to leave this as an open, we can make a billion games with this concept, right? Because every game is just a different dimensional rift. Well, it definitely it it has a lot of possibility. Like, into the Spider-Verse feel to this, where you can set up the yes. possibility of this ratchet first i guess i'll call it and now you have so many different worlds to explore so many different characters you can really expand anywhere they sealed that forever that's why it was all sad when gwen went right but now you've you've been introduced to all of those characters in the spider-verse so like really they could explore each of those individual worlds if they wanted to and the same thing could could happen here might we get a a rivet and uh what's another not clank because clank will be with ratchet rivet and smash no i'll workshop it but next game you what's, know? what's the opposite of nefarious you'll have a good version of him like yeah but then there's no game we'll just call him good guy greg splendiferous something something good or you have a universe where ratchet is the bad guy and nefarious is not nefarious right i i, I think of it call him raunchet st- raunchy <laughs> staying in in the, the kind of ps exclusives realm like what Uncharted did with The Lost Legacy, which granted, I did not play it. I have not played it, even though I'm a huge Uncharted fan, but there's a lot of potential for offshoots here, right? So it's super exciting for a Ratchet and Clank fan, super exciting for any platformer fan. It looks like it's going to be a classic platformer. And it comes out on June 11th of this year. Now, Nerbomber, have you already pre-ordered this or are you going to? Pre- this has to be a pre-order situation. For, I had I pre-ordered this as soon as pre-orders launched a few months ago. This was like the first thing in my cart. I am so excited okay. about this game. I feel like the PlayStation 5 has really reinvigorated my love of the 3D platformer. And it, if you would have asked me if that's what I would have gotten out of the next generation, I would have laughed at you if this was like two years ago. But here we right. are between Astro's Playroom, Sackboy, A Big Adventure, and Ratchet and Clank. Like, I am living my best life with these 3D platformers. And I'm so excited to get my hands on Ratchet and Clank because I think out of all of the new game releases that we've been teased, this is arguably the one that I'm most excited about. And I'm usually, I mean, you guys know me, I usually play like my shooter games and stuff like that. But man, I'm, I'm really, I'm really feeling my, my return to the 3D platforming space. Right. Back, back to your roots, so to speak. It kind of puts me in mind of, I remember in the Xbox 360 generation, you guys might remember this, they announced they were coming out with a new Banjo-Kazooie game. Oh yeah. Nuts and bolts. And they ruined it <laughs> in like numerous ways. I think I have, I, I did play it. I don't think I played it for very long because it was clear that it was going to be all about just building the little cars or whatever, which is not what the game is. Like thinking back to the original Banjo-Kazooie's, that is the one risk here with Ratchet and Clank. I don't think they're going to fall into it, but what Rifts Apart has to make sure not to do is not stray from the core gameplay. And if my memory serves me correctly, Nuts and Bolts did that in spades. 
and it, it you know the trailers and the gameplay footage don't make it appear that it's going to be so i'm just something for them to watch out for in the interest of trying to insert some potentially negative discourse into this discussion which is otherwise <laughs> all positive that's one thing i think they need to watch out for i know we also didn't discuss this on our docket but i will say more positive news from playstation was also the potential inclusion of a video service in their ps plus and i know illegal you don't subscribe to ps plus but i do and I don't necessarily know if I need this video service, but give that to me with Ratchet and Clank eventually, and I'm pretty happy. It just it just brings us one step closer to the, the streaming nexus, right? Where eventually there's so many streaming services that they all turn into one service. Yeah. Right? It's one of those things where I'm torn because I feel like I've gone on the rant about how I don't like so many different streaming services, but if it's given to me for free with something I already subscribe to, like, well, I guess I'll take it. Kind of like what HBO did. I was like, well, I'm getting this for free anyway. I'll take it. Right. Which I know, yeah, I think you're you're going to talk about that later, I think. Oh, uh, yeah. Something, something you watch on HBO. So that's a little tease for, for after the break. But right now, we are going to head into our, each episode, we do, we do an ad break, and that's, it's about that time. But before we do, we would be remiss if we did not shout out our fantastic Patreon producers, Mr. Ben Checkness, Mr. Stephen Keller. Thank you both for keeping the lights on here. Not the proverbial lights. I'm actually sitting in a dark room, but you know, you know that say that phrase, keeping the lights on, keeping the meter running, whatever you want to say. Ben and Steven support us on Patreon at the night level, which is the highest of our three levels of support. And as a result, they get access to our monthly secret segment and vlog. New secret segment coming out very soon. Hint, hint. They also get input into our weekly game segment. And of course, this producer shout out as well as the occasional guest spot. So you want to be a knight. Knight is the place to be. But there's also a squire level, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog. And then there's also the lowly page, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment. So you can head over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast for more of the details on that. In the meantime... Thank you to Ben and Steven for keeping your seats at our round table, so to speak. Yeah, you guys are the best. Uh, we're going to take a short break now to shout out one of our sponsors. And after that, we'll be right back to talk about how I met your father. Today's episode is brought to you by Bruch. Bruch is an electric toothbrush that will change the way you think about brushing your teeth. With powerful sonic technology and ultra gentle brushes. The Bruch redefines what it means to have super clean teeth. It's like that feeling when you just leave the dentist, a fresh whole mouth clean every single day. Our listeners get 15% off their total purchase with code POD15. That's P-O-D-1-5. Follow the link in the show notes and enter the code POD15 to get your exclusive discount and upgrade your oral care routine. Thanks to Bruch for sponsoring this episode. And now back to the episode. Okay. How I met your... Well, let's talk about how I met your mother first, because as has been mentioned, Nerd Bomber and Tactic are currently knee-deep in a watch-through of the show. I have never watched... I'm sure I've watched an episode of the show. This I certainly have not watched... This makes me so sad for you. I, 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 if I've watched one, it was, it, was, it was incidental. I've never gone out of my way to try to watch the show. I have a general... You know, I have the gist of what's going on. I don't know the particulars. Barney likes suits. Ted is always sad and in love. Robin is a is a go-getter and Marshall and Lily are married and you know at the end well should I say what's at the end I don't want to spoil anybody but I feel like everybody knows at this point how it ends I guess he I meets won't say the mother he meets the mother but I well I'm talking about after that but I don't actually I, know what happens at the end so you shut your mouth 
You don't know what happens at the end? This no. is his first watch through. I'm I was also shocked. I don't know how did both of you guys get away scot-free Well, here's the thing. Really I watched a lot of episodes up to season 8. I didn't make it through season 9 at all. Yeah, but how do you not know? Cuz I don't know. I don't know. I don't watch the show and I knew. This was like a Walking Dead Game of Thrones situation. I went out of my way to like not see what happened and guess what? I found out what happened. Uh, anyways, we won't say what happens here in case you somehow haven't figured it out. But he meets the end- mother. He well, he meets the mother. The, this show ended in 2014, and almost immediately after, the idea of a How I Met Your Father spinoff, uh, actually initially starring Greta Gerwig, who, for those who don't know, directed Lady Bird and a bunch of other movies, that materialized quickly. But it actually never wound up getting off the ground. There were issues with the pilot, which I believe was actually filmed, but there were creative differences, also with that nonsense, and so it never got off the ground. Now. The original showrunners are coming back in conjunction with, of all people, Lizzie McGuire, Hilary Duff, to reinvigorate and revitalize this idea of how I met your father. So me, I, I have no skin in the game here. I certainly like Hilary Duff, but I haven't, you know, I haven't seen anything she's done in years. I was excited about the Lizzie McGuire thing in 2019. That died over creative differences. So now I want to spin it over to Nerd Bomber and Tactic. I mean, what's your based on your experience now i know tactic you don't know how the how i met your mother ends but i would think this would be a very loose spin-off is it even are there going to be ties directly to the existing characters there's not there's not very much we know right now about this just that it's happening so it appears to take place later on it's it's talking about how she met the father in 2020 20 i believe it's 2021 time frame and the story of how i met your mother is being told in 20 30 so there's a like about a 10 year difference between when the story is being taken place relative to when it's being told and so the only overlap that i can really foresee is sort of maybe cameos walking by in the background as a huh Uh, you remember those guys that's about it i guess the main question so the main character hillary duff's playing is named sophie according to entertainment weekly is she related to somebody i think that's the clear question here is she someone's like sister or someone's niece or something? You know, I, I don't know where that fits into the time frames necessarily. But I don't believe uh, so. I think it's a very loosely based premise of this story. Yeah, I just looked up. I honestly didn't even remember what Ted Mosby's children's names were, but Ted's daughter that he's telling the story to is Penny. So, not at least like they're not going to try to spin it that she's his daughter. Well, or she was a brunette. Like There's no way. Right. The I would highly doubt that there would be any tie-ins here. I think maybe they might keep the bar the same. They might keep McLaren's the same because that was such a huge kind of pivotal location where a lot of How I Met Your Mother took place over those nine years. It's the classic but, sitcom set situation where it's just, that's where stuff happens, you know? Right. But like Tactic said, I would think it would be maybe cameos to the old characters at best. I think this will probably be a completely new show. And I have some mixed feelings on this. So like, I am excited because I've always loved How I Met Your Mother. I really enjoy this rewatch that I'm doing. Kind of coincidental that this news came out while we were doing a rewatch. So that was just dumb luck, I guess. But my thoughts... I don't know, A, how I feel about Hillary Duff at the helm. I, I really do like Hillary Duff, and I'm watching her in this TV show, Younger, which airs on VH1, I think. It, it's, I gotta be honest, it started out really good, 
and the final season is airing right now and it's so bad like the final season is super jump in the shark and not not a great time at all if you guys want to tell for how good of a show is that nerd bomber is watching ask me how many episodes i've watched of it you've watched quite a bit actually i've been present while you were watching them i would not call that watching how many did you watch with interest three no it's definitely okay. been more I mean, than that four it, it's <laughs> okay now you're changing more the number. than that but essentially the premise of that show is that she is a young publishing editor trying to work her way up in the publishing world no no she's and, she, she's younger well no she's the main younger. character is a 40 year old pretending that she's in her 20s to get a job in the publishing industry and she looks nothing like a 20 year old and in, no one can no, tell the difference in the beginning she did <laughs> now not so much in the beginning she could pull it off now it's very it's sus. like the quintessential if i put my hat sideways no one will know i'm i'm an old guy what? Well, but if you put your hat sideways, no one does know. It, I mean, it is true. You become yeah. a completely different person. Right. Some, some might say younger. And so I be. know, though, that Hilary Duff can carry a show currently. Like, I feel like a lot of people haven't seen her in anything since she was Lizzie McGuire in her Disney days. But she can, she can still act. And that's not my concern. My concern is, A... And I don't want to make this sound like ages, but she's like 30 now. I think Hillary Duff is like 30. She's and older than that, I would think. I, I don't know. I I'll think she's it. 30. What if she's running the show in the sense that Bob Saget ran the show? I, I doubt that. I highly doubt that. that. But if... She's 33. How, right. So in the How I Met Your Mother original show, I mean, I believe it started when they were in their mid to late 20s. And as the later seasons went on, because the show went on to last nine seasons, Ted gets into his mid 30s and he's like, everyone in my life has moved on at this point. Like, I feel like I'm behind in my life. And I understand that millennials now are doing things at later stages in lives. But I think having her start at 33 in the show kind of puts a time limit and i know only one season has been ordered and shows don't last as long as they used to but i feel like this inherently just puts a time limit on how long this show can last see but i think you just said it right there i i think i am more as a millennial i think i am more likely to relate to someone who when you watch friends because like friends i think it's on a similar timeline where it starts when they're like in their mid to late 20s and they they there's a whole thing where they turn 30 and then they're in their 30s things are different now than they were then and i don't like i would like to watch a show even if i can't necessarily relate to the to the 35 year old or something because i'm not 35 yet i like the idea of something that's different than you know how many sitcoms are just young attractive people in their mid to late 20s do dating and stuff and i'm sure this will be about doing dating and stuff but like it well, I could think be it, a different spin on that if it's going to largely follow in the footsteps of how i met your mother it is going to be largely about her dating life and trying to find the one to start a family with and so i feel like that specifically may kind of date the sh- well put a limit on how long the show can last and who knows maybe the show is not destined to last more than five seasons so it'll be fine and obviously, like, we see actors play younger people all the time, so it's not that big of a deal. But it's just, I want, and I desperately crave, and this is more something, I guess, that I want, but I miss the sitcoms that were targeted for my age group that lasted for a decade. Like, How I Met Your Mother, nine-year show. I mean, New Girl wasn't nearly as long, but it was, like, a six- or seven-season show, if I'm remembering correctly. Like, I, I miss 
the shows that have six or seven seasons of longevity, if not more. And I feel like I'm maybe looking at two, three seasons here at most. So I personally think she's the perfect choice. I think this How I Met Your Mother spinoff is a fan service to the people who are our age. And what better person to pick than someone who we grew up with, a familiar face that we can relate to. And personally, I think she's still very much a spring chicken. And if she gets 10 years older, she's still going to be a spring chicken. She's not She's not ancient. She's not over the hill. She's She's very pretty. She's She's aging gracefully. I mean, you know, it has nothing to do. I'm not saying she's too old. I'm just saying I'm worried about just knowing that I'm how we're watching the show now and Ted hits like 35 and is like, oh my God, my life is over kind of I don't deal. know if you've noticed, but Ted on his sideburns has streaks of gray currently in the show. Does Season he eight. really? Yes. And you didn't even notice. That's, that's fair. <laughs> my other concern, and as much as I really want to like this show, I feel like part of the magic of How I Met Your Mother was the ensemble cast. And we haven't seen the rest of the casting yet. That's key. You're right. That, that, you're right about that for sure. And so while the show obviously centers a lot around Ted and his love life and how he met the mother, I would argue that he's really a small portion of the show. A lot of it still revolves around the ensemble cast. And they're really the ones that kind of pick up the slack and drive the show. Because as much as people relate to Ted in real life... and Ted annoys it, shit out of me. Well, <laughs> as much as people... like. Ted is probably the most realistic character. Everyone else is kind of an extreme caricature of somebody. Like Barney is the ultimate ladies' man who is super Low. extreme. Which, Robin by the way, is he, the he's for sure the one that everyone's going to remember. Like oh, when yeah. I think of How I Met Your Mother, I think of Barney, not Ted. Right, and it, like Marshall and Lily are the perfect idyllic couple, but like really, no couple is that perfect. You know what I mean? I'm sure there <coughs> are. Right. Well, but I mean, what you see in the show. Ouch. <laughs> I'm just like... Uh, let's I, hit the soundboard. What do you have on the soundboard for that? <laughs> but basically, I feel like having that ensemble cast and that supporting cast, it was almost like lightning in a bottle. And even like Colby Smulders was a relative unknown and she came in and she took the show by storm. Like people loved Robin Scherbatsky and Love she that. made that character her own. Well, she Legs does for days. I mean, come on. <laughs> So it's really, I feel like no matter how much I love Hilary Duff and I think she can carry a show because I've seen what she can do in Younger, I am not totally sold on this until I see the rest of the cast because that is just as important, if not more important to me. That's where I 100% agree with you. I think Hilary Duff can play a character that parallels Ted but isn't a control C, control V. I struggle with what you fill her with because all of the characters are don't fill her with anything well i struggle with what characters (laughs) you surround her with because all of them like you said are so extreme that if you even try to get close to that it'll feel like a cheap imitation and it just agreed it, it, it won't feel right and it's it's a real big challenge for them to fill that void with something that's both completely unique but also that works and you know I look forward to seeing what they come up with on this one. So Hulu has ordered this. It's given them a 10 episode series order. Which, that makes me sad too. Yeah, I, I don't know. 24 that, episode se- seasons. What is this world? Does that mean like 40 minute to an hour long episodes? Because that's another big shift. Or is this a, is this a like sometimes shows get 
small orders for initial seasons like i think seinfeld got like a six episode order and that was still 22 minute episodes and things are a lot different now but is that supposed to be an entire season i guess is is, is the question because it doesn't really specify here I if it worried, is then yes. it's going to be a huge change it's that's a huge change which you would think that they would just go all in and at least give it like an 18 i don't know if 18 is even like a standard number but at least give it like more episodes because think about all of the people who are disappointed when the lizzie mcguire reboot got canned and now this is their chance to basically kind of see a pseudo adult Lizzie McGuire. Right. People are going to be on board. Just order well, more episodes. Give it like me Tactic what I says. Want. Can you imagine they picked the Hillary Duff cast? <laughs> yeah. The Lizzie McGuire cast, you mean? <laughs> yeah. I want Gordo uh, for sure. That's the father. <laughs> right. Yeah. That'd be great. I mean, yeah. I, I think, like Tactic said, this is geared towards our generation. This is going to put asses in the seats no matter what. So I kind of agree. Why not order more? But. I don't know. Streaming services might be stingy. Maybe. I don't know. It seems like they should be able to get people hooked on something for for more episodes than 10 episodes in a season. But who knows? We'll find out. There's no release date on this yet. There's nothing attached to this. It was just announced last week. Hulu will be taking charge of making How I Met Your Father starring Lizzie McGuire slash Hilary Duff. So be on the lookout for more details on that. This brings us to What Are You Up To? Wednesday. I've been up to some things, so I'm going to take the lead on this one. The headliner, Horizon Zero Dawn. I have Yes. This was this is free currently, I believe. This is free for all PlayStation owners. You don't you don't need plus. I don't have plus. Just go get it. I also got Moss VR and Astrobot Rescue Mission VR. I haven't tried those yet. Jumped right to Horizon Zero Dawn. I there's some goods and some bads. Let's talk about both really quick. The bads. I'll start with the bads. This is we're in Mass Effect territory. It might be too RPG. I don't quite know yet. Oh, but come on. It's definitely heading in that direction. There's a lot of talking to folks, which I'm not super interested in, especially when I have to like pick responses. They're, you know, they're, they're very much trying to do this whole, like, what is it in, in Mass Effect? I tried to remember this in a million episodes. I never remember Paragon, Renegade, or something like that. Yep, that's correct. They're trying to do that, in a sense. I don't, have, you, have either of you ever played this game? Oh, yeah, I played it. I loved it. Like, okay. this was one of those games where I sat down and I think I played this through in a few weeks because it was so good. I basically just got past... I'm not far. Like, I've had a couple of, like, hour, hour and a half long play sessions. I just got past the proving. So I'm, pr- I'm like, I'm early. Like, I'm just, like, I'm just, like, just now learning shit. But it's the good. So the good is... Even though I am terrible at stealth, I love games that allow me to focus on stealth to try to better my stealth skills. And... This game clearly cares very deeply about, okay, how are you going to navigate conflicts with machines in such a way where you don't die? Which, by the way, I have already died multiple times. I love bow and arrow combat. Like, there, there isn't, there's certainly a few elements so far where I'm like, they stole this from Tomb Raider. <laughs> it is like, there are elements of it where I'm like, this is a Tomb Raider clone. And to be clear, that is not a bad thing at all. I played... I think the two, the first Tomb Raider that came out for the Xbox One played it all the way through, loved it. But yeah, bow and arrow combat. Uh, there's there's a lot I don't know yet. I'm early in the in the in the game. I like the story. The story's good so far. It's certainly keeping my attention. Yeah, I, I'll report back. But I would I would urge you to stick it out a little bit more. I want to I want to hedge because don't, like don't be surprised if I stop. If I stop, that's why. That's where I'm getting. I'm not planning to stop right now, but. Because in past experiences like this, that sort of experience of talking to folks and like deciding what to do with resources, it wears me down. There's a certain niche level where like Dead Space and Last of Us have where there's a certain amount of resource management, a certain amount of 
skill treeing that you can do but if there's too much i will drown under it also arkham and, and spider-man have a the perfect amount and this might just be a little bit more than what i'm comfortable with but i might be able to weather that storm i would argue if you're getting too bogged down by resource management just turn it on easy mode there's a, a mode in the game where you can play it through where it's very story focused and you don't really have to worry about that stuff at all i have too much pride to do that officially I, on you. I would say though the story is worth doing it if it comes between having the pride to stick through resource management or turning down the difficulty so you can just forget about that and play through the story definitely like it is worth just playing through the story i would also say that i believe the further you get in the game like most of the inner character dialogue you can kind of skip unless it's an important cutscene. I don't remember. Like, I think I blew through at a certain point. Like, I didn't care about side missions. I was mostly invested in the main story. And so I stopped talking to tertiary characters. And that, and that's what my problem is, by the way, is like, there is a huge difference, even if it's important in conversation, between a cutscene and if you're selecting responses. It's a, it might sound counterintuitive, but selecting responses to a conversation and making it sound robotic pulls me so far out of the story i would so much rather have a cutscene for every single interaction i have with another person and when i don't get that i think that's part of it i think i get annoyed you are going to have a bad time with mass effect and i'm going to urge you you have to just stick it through you're missing out on so much good gameplay but, but story I think, but i think that's what i think i just touched on i finally figured it out i think that's what my problem is with games yeah but like this. with those dialogue based games you get to eventually have the sex that's not of and, critical importance to me. It's gonna but the dialogue-based, like dialogue choices, are what drive the differences and endings and stuff. In I understand that. Yeah, I I know what it's trying to accomplish, but I'll tell you, I like cutscenes a lot. I like movies. It makes perfect sense based on my personality. That trajectory checks out for me. Another thing I want to mention as a, as a minus, the name Aloy is so dumb. <laughs> I hate, it. I hate it so much it's the, it's the worst name ever i'm gonna get tired of hearing it i already am a little bit do you at least like the music I'm, score i do i do like the music you break i do my like heart. the story uh, horizon it's, it's, was one of my favorite games of the last generation you're just breaking it look it's still really good but i'm just i'm trying to hedge a little bit so that when your heart is broken it's not shattered into a million pieces so that's that's me on the gaming front tv wise the circle it's going on and let's just say that my fiance and I have finished the slate of episodes that was given to us by by Netflix. The next episode, next slate comes out on Wednesday, the day this is released. So I'm sure you will find me watching. Oh, are they like gating episodes? They are. They they, they put out eight episodes. I think on Wednesday they're putting out eight more, and then there there's another two weeks before the finale. I think it's it's pretty good. It's not as good as season one. That's my current review, but I'll I'll give a further review when it ends. I guess. So that's update two. Update three, which is more of a personal note. Uh, I've started writing again. So Ooh-wee. where are you writing? On. What are you writing? I'm, I'm writing a book, Details to be Determined. I'm using this app called Highland 2. That's kind which, of an interesting title. Nope. Uh, the, t- the title... Uh, I'm not Details gonna to be Determined? That might not be a bad title, honestly. We'll see. But shout out to any Mac users. Highland 2 is a good app. It's free for writing manuscripts, uh, screenplays, whatever you are thinking about writing. It has a lot of outlining functions, a lot of goal-oriented, how many words do you want to write today functions that I'm responding well to so far. So go check that out. 
Nerd Bomber. All right. So I will save the bulk of Mortal Kombat for Tactics Update. Thanks for spoiling it. Well, I know you were super excited. Mortal Kombat? I'm just kidding. I knew knew you did. (laughs) So... Spoiler alert, Tactic will be talking about Mortal Kombat. I will be talking about another movie that we watched this weekend. This one, I think, also just came out. It's a Netflix original, and it is Stowaway. And this is... You watched this? We did. We just watched this on Saturday night. Tell me everything. We had differing thoughts, Tactic and I. Didn't like it. I thought, like, I didn't think it was, like, movie of the year, but I thought it was probably one of the more entertaining movies that we've watched. You have a lady boner for Anna Kendrick. Who doesn't have a lady boner for Anna Kendrick, though? Come on. I mean, I don't have a lady boner, period. (laughs) Okay, fair. But I, I think more so than just Anna Kendrick, what I liked about this movie so there are certain areas of this movie that are kind of tenuous at best so the the entire plot is that there is a mission to mars it's a three-man mission to mars or a three-person mission to mars and so and some guy falls asleep filling up the tank right that's that's the well, basic gist of it after they launch there yeah. is blood dripping from the ceiling and the captain unscrews this panel and a dude drops out and it's the panel for the life support system so as he falls out he's hooked on the life support system fries it tears it apart and they have some issues because obviously life support is pretty important you need oxygen to breathe it it supports your life yeah right and what it essentially comes down to is how they grapple with the fact that now they have a fourth person on board when they only plan for three people's worth of resources and also their life support system is broken. And what I liked about this, so how and why the stowaway is on the ship is never, and this is kind of a spoiler, but it's never like truly addressed. They never really explain how or why he ended up there, if it was on purpose, if it was, he was not. Still on the tank. It's just he was there and everyone just seems to accept it you don't really know by the end of the movie if he snuck on board if he was like shoved in there if he was just filling it up and somehow got screwed in like it doesn't make sense but he's there it's exactly the kind of thing i don't like that's why it was frustrating because it literally seems like he was like oh pack him away in there because the, the the nook he's in is literally there's a glass window on one side. So obviously it's not like he was like accessing it from the outside. And then there was the panel in which he was bolted into. So like they, so they put him in there, you're saying. Like Someone the only so the either, only either he got he so they kind of lead you to believe that he maybe would have like he was applying to be on the space program for the next mission. So you don't know whether he purposely got on board himself to kind of circumvent the system. They leave that up to your imagination, how you'd want to decide if he was kind of this quote unquote sketchy guy who decided to hop on board or if he just it was an accident and he just happened to be there. But aside from that, I would say a lot of the science, and here's the nerd in me, a lot of the science was pretty spot on. Like, it was well-researched. There was nothing that I was, like, glaringly like, well, that's stupid. Like, in terms of gravitational forces on a rotating ship in space, all kind of made sense. Are there any garbage EVA sequences? Because that's my biggest, like, snafu with space-based movies. Artificial gravity was engaged, by the way. 
And they they did it under the guise of centripetal force. They explained it scientifically, so it made sense. Right, but answer my question about the EVAs. I don't recall any EVAs. You know EVAs are real things, right? I know EVAs are real things. I'm just saying that sometimes they're ridiculous. So anyways, yeah. Yeah. First off, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna poke into the science. Okay. BS centripetal force to give you artificial gravity and what they did. Okay. I thought it was more clever than just being like, hey, we flipped the switch and now we've got gravity, bitches. But then when they were on the outside of the switch, if the thing was inducing artificial gravity based on centripetal force, then wouldn't their tethers have always been taught? Instead, they were just like, just doing our things while we're spinning at some... Well, they explained (laughs) it. So essentially there was like a center point of their... They had like the ship... The habitable ship was on one end of this like spindle. There was a center point, which is where the solar array was, and then the they crossed that pivotal center point to right, get the but oxygen. The, but the gravity changed on them, so that's why they slid at a certain point and climbed another. We're getting too in the weeds, but essentially there was at least like some scientific thought, and it wasn't just like we flipped Tactic. the switch and now there's gravity, bitches. Which Tactic. I said keep that it before, in your pants. But, like, all right, yeah, sure. So let's let's say that 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 all that all jives. The biggest thing, and I'm sorry if I'm spoiling it. But well, don't don't spoil it. I'm sure illegal would like to watch this. I will. I will probably watch. This, okay. The so, yeah. biggest thing was the ending. It was stupid. It just made no sense. They were just like, eh, it's time to wrap this up right quick. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> and made there, me so mad. There was like a timeline continuity confusion towards the end of the movie that you're just kind of like, did this need to happen now? That's the only thing that I will say. But I think overall, I think the acting was really well done. We have to remember that we're starved for movies right now. I think I've seen much more confusing space movies in the past. Like, let's be real. A lot of the space movies, I know Interstellar, I remember sitting there and I was like, the frick is going on? And I'm a nerd. Don't you dare. I didn't get it. It didn't jive with me. It was a little too weird and out there. And I thought this was at least a real scenario that could happen in space that wasn't like weirdly crazy and i thought a lot of it was just quiet moments of intense acting and what i liked was that a lot of it like there wasn't a bunch of over exposition a lot of it was left to the actors to kind of portray their characters feelings and thoughts and everything in their physical and facial expressions and that i thought i think it was good i think it, i, I they enjoyed were also it. kind of the worst at what they do the, the one guy's one job was to grow plants he sucked at that Hey, hey, <laughs> Daniel Day Kim is great, okay? I don't need you bad-mouthing Mi- him either. So you're telling me you use you lose one critical life support system. Oh, now you guys are going to die. Okay, that's not how NASA does things, folks. There's backup systems. There's backup life support systems that should be sufficient to handle the whole mission. All right, also, but again, we crushed the nerve with, with Technic. Uh, also, this- mission control was like... Yeah, we can't figure out anything. We had you remember you guys remember the movie Biodome with Pauly Shore and like one of Never the uh, Baldwin brothers. They made I've a giant filter out of cigarette butts, and we had we had astronauts couldn't figure out how to make an oxygen scrubber. So what I will say, and again, I feel like you're verging on spoilers potentially. What I will say is that it was also interesting, and one of the things that could explain away your spoilers, and I feel like we're getting in the weeds on this movie a lot, but one of the things that could explain away your spoilers was that this was not NASA. This was a corporate-run space endeavor. This is a corporate-run space endeavor in the movie, and it may have been telling... Companies companies first go-round. 
Right. So this movie has a seventy five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So I, I don't think, think I think it's closer to my rating than Technic's rating. To be totally honest, I feel 60, like he's I like mean, super nerding out. I feel like it was a. I'd give it a forty. Sixty percent audience score indicates the mixed reviews that you guys are 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 handing to me right now. So. I, I would say, say if, if you're not going to get your panties in a twist about every little scientific My detail, are so twisted. And if you can just appreciate like gravitas and emotional acting, I feel like you'll like the movie. Just remember, when you're appreciating the gravitas of it, it's due to centripetal force. <laughs> so, what's what's Nerbomber? Assuming that that completes your update, I want to yes. talk about Mortal Kombat. Let's let's, <laughs> let's switch gears cinematically to something that is known to be ridiculous. And that was way more believable. Jeez. I um, thought Mortal Kombat was great, was to awesome. be totally honest. So you guys loved it. Yes. It's one of those movies you have to go in expecting it to be a cheesy, fan y action movie. Right. Like, yeah. don't expect anything more from it. That's all you want. To, like, that's all you sure. need from it. That's all you want from it. That It'll give you exactly what you want. So... I believe that I had, I had even voiced who my favorite Mortal Kombat character is in the Twitter, and that is Scorpion. I've always been a huge Scorpion fan my whole life, and I distinctly recall an argument between my brother and I where he, we were arguing about who's better, and he was always Sub-Zero, and I was always Scorpion, and I would I would say, you know, Scorpion's the good guy. He's the good guy, and he'd be like, oh, why'd you got a flame and skull? I'm like, he, he's the good guy. You could just tell... Sub-Zero's bad. And if you look into his backstory, he is the good guy. He's just trying to avenge his family. And you know what? This movie put that to bed, and I love it. And it's not a spoiler because it's known lore. And way to go, Mortal Kombat. Team Scorpion. There are definitely some storytelling plot holes, but at the end of the day... You don't don't show up expecting that to be perfect. Mortal like, Kombat. let's be real. Most video game movie adaptations are not good. And don't get me wrong. Like, Doom was one of my favorite movies growing up. But that is a piece of piling trash next Never to Mortal Kombat. The only saving grace from Doom was that there was rock. a... It's got the rock in it. Well, yeah, but you also have... There's this first person sequence in that movie that was, like, super memorable to me as a kid. That I was like, this is so dope. This is way better than anything that Doom could That's what could Kid produce. Nerd Bomber said. A <laughs> ringing endorsement. Better than Doom. <laughs> you, you, you heard it here first, folks. But, like, I will say the the gore was there, but it wasn't over the top. Like, there were some fatalities, but for the most part, like, I don't know the last Mortal Kombat game that you guys have played. And a new challenger appeared. It was, it was really, really neat to see a new... I think I played X, which was a long time ago. Well, the the games were super, super gory, at least the last few. Yeah. And to the point where, like, it's almost, you can't have queasy people watching you play the game. Right. I remember. And this was, this gave you elements of that without being over the top. Right on. Mortal Kombat. This is on HBO Max, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. It's in theaters and HBO Max. Kind of hijacked tactics update. Tactic, what else you got for us? (laughs) Or is that it? Those two movies were basically the the majority okay. of my update. Right on. Well, hey, that brings us to quiz time. I'm your I'm your your quiz captain this week. And speaking of movies, we're gonna do a quiz centered around my favorite movie. This is this is a top ten movie for me. I don't know exactly where it sits, but it's a top ten movie for me. Like out of all movies, The Mummy, starring Brandon Fraser. This was you talk about Doom being a a young nerd bomber classic. Young illegal watched this movie 
boy, if you can wear out a DVD, this this I I came close with this one. So I have seven questions. Well, six questions, one tiebreaker in front of me. All of them numerical. So we'll again be doing prices right style rules. As I believe the previous winner, Nerd Bomber, will go first. We'll give Tactic a sporting chance. Although you will each go first once because there's an even number of questions. So kind of balanced in that sense. Okay, the first question is one of the standard movie quiz questions. Uh, I guess it's kind of a two-part question. So the first part, what was the budget for The Mummy? Reported by Wikipedia. 1999, golden golden age of filmmaking right before the turn of the century. I'm going to say $200 million. I feel like there were a lot of special effects. That's a good guess, but I feel like it's busty. So I'm going to go $6 million. Busty. It is indeed large-chested. Uh $80 million. I, you know, it was. So $200 million, by the way, is like astronomically high. Like, is it really? I don't think like Pirates of the Caribbean. Like I think some of the Pirates of the Caribbeans made it, might have broken that number many years down the road. But for 1999, I think 80 was probably a lot. I feel like I'm thinking like Marvel big bucks these days. Yeah. I, like, I, 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 <laughs> Endgame's budget, I think it was like, cheaper than that. I think Endgame's budget might have been like three hundo. And that was like, gee whiz. That was all kinds of stuff. Uh, so tactic hats off to you you're on the board uh the next question as you can imagine based on the first question box office take what was the total box office earnings of this film came out may 7th 1999 i'm looking for an answer in i'm gonna go 500 million i feel like it's not that high so i'm gonna play it safe and say 1 million (sighs) tactic you're big chested on this one 416 million 416.4 you were very close you just you went a little bit over the top there that almost Um, feels cheap but i'll take the point anyway you know that movie should have grossed way more this movie and this is not a uh, was that to date or is that like a range this is the number that's reported on wikipedia that's what i from up, up till when like when was it last checked I do not know. I mean, it's not still making box office money because it's not at the box office anymore. I bet I you there's, what... a, there's a cool 84 million in there. Okay, so you both have gotten a point by kind of the other person busted. Uh, also, for what it's worth, this movie made so much money that the morning after the opening night, the studio called Stephen Summers and said, we need a second one. And so The Mummy Returns was born. But by that token, this has also spawned a number of other movies, and I am here including The Scorpion King, and its additional Scorpion King movies. This mummy universe, how many movies are in it? I think I'm, it's six, right? I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say what Well, I, right. I know, but like I think it's six. Tactic. That feels like a good guess, but I'm gonna go seven. Oh it's eight. He plus one dia. It's eight you total jerk. movies. That, so that wasn't a jerk move. It wasn't a one dollar. That was strategy. That was uh, a how many movies could they have possibly made move? <laughs> he has... So, so Tactic has another point, first of all. So it's two to one. Uh, there was The Mummy, The Mummy Returns, The Mummy, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, and then The Scorpion King, The Scorpion King 2, Rise of a Warrior, The Scorpion King 3, Battle for Redemption, The Scorpion King 4, Quest for Power, and The Scorpion King, Book of Souls. <laughs> See, I thought they stopped. I thought the Scorpion King was a trilogy. That's why I went with six. I didn't realize they went into four and five. Which one Book- of those is animated? None of them. Book of Souls came out in 2018. So pretty recently, Did it actually. really? Yeah. Speaking of animated, though, Tactic, you're hinting at our next question. Briefly after The Mummy, the movie came out in 1999, there was an animated series known as The Mummy, the animated series. 
and later known as The Mummy, Secrets of the Magi, that aired on the WB Network. Saturday morning cartoons, baby. I watched that yep. show. Starting in 2001, how many episodes of this show were there? It is no longer on the air. 54 episodes. And Nerd Bomber. I feel like we only got two seasons of this. And kids shows, though, they ran like half the year. But that puts me close to Tactics Answer, and I don't like it. I'm going to say 20. 26. Tied again. There were indeed two seasons. This only ran until 2003. They changed the title to Secrets of the Magi after the first season. I feel like it was always on, though. They ran the reruns a lot after they stopped making it. I remember that because it was always the same episodes. I was like, what is going on here? Why am I watching the same episodes all the time? I'm sure it was an amazing show. I never watched it myself. but uh, I am really surprised. So You're a uh, big mummy guy. We're tied. Yeah, I I, I missed the boat, I guess. We're tied two to two. So this is exciting. We have two questions left and then a tiebreaker. Here's an interesting question, assuming you both have seen the movie. In what year do the events of the original 1999 Brendan Fraser movie take place? Oh, boy. Was it real time? I don't remember. Or was it in the past? You can't answer those. I know. I know he can't answer those. I wasn't planning out loud to myself. Screw it. I'm going to say 1999. I think it was real time. No, that's that's super late. It was in the 1960s. So I'm just going to say 1960. You both busted. <laughs> 1926. I don't know why. 1926. Like... Now that you say it, yeah, I'm seeing the I'm seeing the date scroll across the screen. Brendan Fraser's character was in the French Foreign Legion, which I'm not even sure if that still exists. I was referring to the eighth movie, by the way. <laughs> right, right. Okay, yeah, my mistake. So yeah, 1926 is when it takes place. Uh, originally. The, the kind of prologue to the movie showing the guy being mummified is 1290 BC. He was spent all that time as, as, a, as a dead person that became a mummy. Okay, so you both busted. So that means this next question is likely going to seal things unless someone of you busts again. The last question that I have, what is the critics' Rotten Tomatoes score of the first The Mummy film? Critics, not audience. I'm going to give it a 77%. I'm going to say that the audience loved it, but the critics didn't love it at first. They probably came around to it after the fact. So I'm going to say initially they probably gave it like a 50. Nerbomber takes it. But. 61%. Audience score 75. So you were, you were kind of right. Um, first of all, that audience score is way too low. Critic score is also too low. I think people have come around to this movie, especially members of our generation. It's I wouldn't say it's a cult classic. It's still kind of mainstream enough to not have that status. But this is such a good movie i I can't recommend enough go watch this movie weren't they doing like a remake of this movie series well 2017 they came out with the tom cruise one that was terrible that i saw in theaters don't see that movie so you didn't did you not include that in no that's a different i didn't include that in the eight movies that's a different rendition there have been many many versions of the mummy done so i was just referring to one that took place in the 1960s maybe i couldn't i couldn't say honestly but the Rotten Tomatoes scores went progressively down. Even though I actually think The Mummy Returns is also a fantastic movie. Tomb of the Dragon Emperor is not good. The Scorpion King is when it started to go downhill. Uh, no, it went downhill with the third one. Although I think The Scorpion King was actually before the third movie. So you're, I think you're right. In any case, uh, Nerbomber takes it. The bonus question I had, the library scene in this movie where she knocks over all of the shelves. How many takes do you think that took to shoot? They had to reset took a whole day to reset the, the set after shooting one take of it. I'm going to say it took five takes. I'm going to say 
two takes. This was a bit of a trick. It took one take. She did really? one take. Yeah. That's impressive. It's a good thing you guys won in regulation, or Nerbar won in regulation, because that's actually a terrible bonus question now that I think about <laughs> it. You guys would have both busted, and then we would have been screwed. I would have been closer. I was closer on a lot of the answers, but I busted. Both only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. And, and you bu- yeah, you busted. So, Nerdbomber takes it. Nerdbomber will host next week's quiz. We thank, again, our Patreon producers for helping to produce this episode. And we thank you all for showing up to go on a journey with us. Listen to us talk about things. Hopefully you you learned something hopefully you laughed hashtag ratchet verse hashtag how i met your father hash hashtag what was the first thing we talked about hashtag cap four yeah feel free to chat with all with us about any and all of those things or anything else over on twitter handles already mentioned leave us a review on apple Podcasts if you're so inclined and uh we'll see you in the month of may have a great week